How would you achieve peace in your world, or maybe even your neighborhood? What could you do? Were you one of those who prayed on International Day of Prayer for Peace? Because I think when we are making peace, we are answering prayers, prayers from around the world. I don't want to be rich, don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. I don't want to be violent, don't want to have a vendetta, I don't want to be vengeful, no I don't want to be a soldier Don't want to be militaristic Don't want to help that cycle I just want to be A countercultural pacifist I don't want to be a racist Don't want to be a capitalist Don't want to be sexist, no I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't want to shop at Walmart, don't want to grow Monsanto, don't want to drink Coca-Cola, no. Want to burn petrol, don't want to eat perfect fruit, don't want to feel guilty, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving organic gardener. I want to be authentic, I want to be radical, I want to be optimistic, honest, beautiful, I want to be humble, I want to be progressive, I want to be open, I'm inspiration. I want to be like John Wesley or Sarah Major or Anna Mao. I want to be like Martin Luther or Martin Luther King Jr. Like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Dillim or Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox or Jesus Christ. But mostly, I just want to be me. Welcome to the first episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. I'm Nancy Fitzgerald from the Arlington Church of the Brethren. The church I pastor is in a suburban neighborhood just outside of Washington, D.C. This podcast airs from Arlington Church of the Brethren's webpage, but our project team spans communities across the U.S. We are nonviolent and nonconformist Anabaptist, sharing audio accounts of following Jesus to God's revolutionary reality. We seek truth. We seek to spread love and stand up for the marginalized. And we walk in faith together and are so excited you're taking the first step to walk with us by listening to this debut podcast. Today's episode is full of thoughtfulness and actions for peace. I think that was the way Jesus did it. He kind of stripped away all the bureaucratic mess in front of him and 
just took someone by the hand, and then he made a difference in their lives. It makes me want to look around my world and be one-on-one with people. I, too, could reach my hand out and take someone else's hand and make a difference in their world. Now, if you live on the West Coast, you may have held the hand of today's contributor in song, prayer, or a game at Camp Laverne. Or you may have heard his voice on L.A. radio. In this episode, we are blessed to hear Kevin Schatz tell us about a collegiate community's International Day of Prayer for Peace. And better yet, it's a full quarter hour longer than his signature nine-second Facebook stories. Here we go. Hello, my name is Kevin Schatz. I'm from Southern California, and I'm a graduate of the University of Laverne, appropriately located in Laverne, California. I visited my alma mater on September 21st, 2015, to check out their events for the International Day of Peace. This day has been celebrated worldwide since 1982 as a way to allow people around the world to reflect on what peace means to them and to serve as a reminder that violence is not the answer to our problems. The University of Laverne celebrated with events planned throughout the day, including plenty of time for students to share their thoughts on peace. Laverne's interfaith chaplain, Xander Wagner, tells us more. So uh, we asked a number of of our student group leaders Uh, clubs and organizations who represent cultural clubs and uh, we invited them to share what their understanding of peace is as well as and most importantly what do they need to see in the world in order for them to feel and know that peace is real. I was able to catch up with a few of these student speakers to get their ideas and understanding of peace. Alisa Sanko gave her thoughts representing Japan Daisuke the new Japanese culture club on campus. Um, Basically, what I feel that needs to change in order for peace to happen is that people need to realize that not everyone is like each other. You know, you're different from me, I'm different from you. I came from a whole different background, and so does other people. We have different religions, different ways of seeing things, different beliefs. And I think that once we realize and start understanding that and start really knowing other people through that, then we'll have a certain respect towards each other. And maybe that might, you know, settle down a lot of the miscommunication, a lot of misconceptions, a lot of stereotypes. Sanko then shared her thoughts on the importance of youth in achieving peace. I feel that they play a big role, a huge role. I mean, once, you know, we're going to we're gonna end up growing up, we're going to end up being in the working world. And I think young people really need to understand that they do have a voice. No matter what people tell you, no matter how, you know, how put down you've been, they do have a voice and we have the energy, we have the capacity to actually do something. And I think once young people realize that, we're going to be very impactful. I mean, I see young people my age petitioning out in the streets, and they do a lot of stuff, so I think we are very important. Another club represented on this day was CREW, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ. Student leader Sean Stearns shared his thoughts on the importance of peace from his club's perspective. Well, because this is Peace Day, uh, we obviously desire to see peace. We obviously desire to see... um, Primarily spiritual peace within people and um, since we believe kind of where the Bible says people were all created with eternity in our hearts, we all have this idea of what comes in the afterlife. Um, And our club is kind of um, 
reaching out to people and saying, so what does happen in the afterlife? What exactly uh, is there things that need to be done here in order to do something in the afterlife or anything like that? And then obviously we take a Christian approach to everything. Um, so everything's kind of informed by the Bible and the Bible's interpretation of the afterlife, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and one of those big things is peace uh, in the world. And Jesus himself, the man, uh, and God, obviously, I, I believe that. But if you just want to say he's a man, um, he obviously promoted peace everywhere, to the poor, um, to those people that were hurting. Um, and that, that, I think that's kind of how uh, we apply it to this, to this here, because we can say, okay, you're hurting. We all suck. We're all evil. We all do horrible things. How do we, how do we press forward to, to get closer to God and getting closer to God would actually mean um, creating peace between each other because Jesus promoted to love each other just as, you know, Christ loves the church. So, Stearns then went on to explain how he thinks the world can best achieve peace. I think this focus on the spiritual nature of life um, as opposed to the material, and I think that's really applicable to America. Um, I'm not sure if that's applicable to other countries. I haven't been uh, traveling too much, um, and I wouldn't say that, that that would be applicable everywhere in the world, but I know for here in America, we love to focus on success. We love to focus on this system of capitalism that, that, um, that has been created, which is a great, a great system, but oftentimes we fall into the rut of thinking that money is the answer to all things in life, um, and then we hold on to it for dear life. Um, which, you know, in turn limits other people from getting money. And then um, how that, and I, I would say just that, that focus here in America, so I'll just speak for America, just here focusing on America of how do we get our minds off of all of these things that we can succeed in and how do we uh, come together for the greater good of humanity. One other religious organization, Common Ground, was represented by Roxana Bautista, she explains what her club is all about. Common Ground, we're basically an interfaith club on campus, but we are inclusive of secular voices. <laughs> and uh, we just promote religious pluralism, which is just uh, everybody moving beyond tolerance and actually understanding differences and just being able to focus on the commonality, hence Common Ground, <laughs> and then just moving forward with that, making projects and just making projects that are that go towards the common good of humanity. Bautista then went on to explain how she believes peace can best be achieved through the scope of her club. Well, you definitely have to have respect with whoever you're talking with, and you need to set rules and be respectful of each other. And you really, some people think when they're like, oh, interfaith, so you guys just hold hands, sing Kumbaya by the fireplace, and say all religions are legit, all deities are legit, and we're like, that's actually not what we do. <laughs> what, what we do um, is we do acknowledge, like, okay, I believe this, you believe that, so we disagree on the higher power deity that has control over the world. That's our first base. Okay, so what values do we have? And then we find common values, and then we're like, oh, great, service, oh my gosh, yes. And that's actually something that we found. Service and empathy tend to be common values for all faiths or in secular voices. So it goes along with what Dalai Lama said. And basically, 
when there's peace amongst religions, that's when we'll have peace in the world. And yeah, I, I truly believe that because I feel like once there's peace with religions, then it can go over to politics and like the same formula can be used and it, it should be able to be applicable. To give a perspective on peace from outside of the religious realm, Alexis Coria, the student president of Voices for Hope, an organization that brings awareness of human trafficking, had this to say. So I really think that the foundation of peace is overall respect for others and also respect for ourselves. I believe that if we just get rid of all the stereotypes and discrimination, then value our self-worth and respect others' values and beliefs, that's the way we can achieve that. That's one way we can get there. I feel that when we don't respect others as human beings, putting a price on them, saying they're worth this much, they're willing to sell other individuals, marking them as product, that's not respect. That's disgusting. I'm sorry. I just am so passionate about that because who, who are you to say that someone is less than you? Worth, their worth is less than this or they're worth $5 million, $2 million, $10. For labor trafficking as well, people pay them $0.10 cents on the hour. What, I, don't, I can't fathom, I can't comprehend how someone can think like that. So that's when I go ahead and talk about respect. That's where, that's where it starts. Coria went on to explain the importance of having youth involved with the peace movement. I mentioned a verse uh, when I did my speech, said we are the children, we are the ones who make the brighter day, so let's start giving. We are the world, essentially. Like We are the generation that's going to take, when you know our parents and grandparents, all of them go, we are the adults now. We are the ones who develop our culture, in a sense, and I, we definitely have the most power. It's unfortunate that there are a lot of people who don't choose to do anything, but then again, it's exciting to see those who are. Several community and peace-building activities were planned throughout the day, including the construction of a peace mandala, which Wagner further explains. We're following the tradition of Tibetan Buddhist monks who build uh, mandalas over the course of a few hours, and sometimes it takes 15 days to build. Uh, What we're doing today is using uh, seeds and grain as a way to build a a peace mandala or a representation of our desires, intentions, hopes for peace. And we're doing that uh, in a big circle. Uh, Mandalas are always built in a circle. And uh, the students are able to build this throughout the day. And then this evening, uh, we'll have a dissolution ceremony where we will actually uh, swirl those grains and beans around. And uh, just like the Tibetan Buddhist monks uh, who are always reminding themselves that this world is not permanent, that it's always about change and flux. And so we're going to also dissolve the mandala, let it go, return that energy to the world, and uh, hopefully send those intentions uh, with us as we dissolve it. And the, the actual beans and rice and seeds will actually then be delivered to a local soup kitchen so that the energies and intentions of peace can be passed on. In addition to the peace mandala, students also participated in the folding of peace cranes. Sanko of Japan Daisuke explains the significance of these peace cranes. I actually went to Hiroshima with Professor Montebruno during Janter, and it was a very touching moment when we went to Hiroshima and we saw the dome, we saw the museum. It's very graphic, it's very... But the one thing that really 
was almost like a silver lining to it was this monument of paper cranes. And basically, they're a symbol of hope for peace. And that's really what I wanted to incorporate into this. So me and Professor Montepruno, we went back and forth on how we wanted to go about it. And we really thought that the paper crane ideas would be a great representation. And Xander was already doing the mandala. So we really wanted to be involved with that because we really want to enforce the idea of peace. So we came up, we got a lot of students, got them to help um, build some paper cranes, and we're also going to donate them to the Hiroshima Museum to add them onto their monument or whatever they want to do with that. So that's really our idea for the paper cranes. Wagner then echoed those thoughts. We're joining the, the effort of many, many years of people folding peace cranes and sending them to Hiroshima and Nagasaki as really a, a gift back to the community, a sign of repentance, an act of uh, community forgiveness, an intention and a hope for uh, better forms of peace and peacemaking. Uh, so our students are in the Grand Hall here folding peace cranes and we will be sending them off to Japan after this event. With the many ways students were involved on this day, Wagner then summed up her thoughts on the importance of their involvement with the peace movement and how they best fit into the equation. The students need first an engagement around the question of how do I feel my own sense of peace. Uh, We live in a very crazy uh, society where attentions are constantly being pulled in a lot of directions, and people also have difficult lives, right? Just the lives that we live. So it's, it's getting a handle first on our own sense of peace and how we create peace in the relationships that we have with others. How do you be vulnerable enough with others to create situations of peace rather than situations that are full of tension and anger and problem? So uh, that's, that's a first step, and I see that our students need it um, on a daily basis, and that that then sets the stage for all the other large-scale movements and actions that uh, need to take place in this world to actually build uh, the structures uh, that make for peace. Uh, so that's, that's much of what I see. This was a very inspiring day for me personally to be a part of, I carried a sense of pride seeing my alma mater put on such a meaningful event. But more than that, hearing these thoughts straight from the students' mouths gave me a sense of hope. Their understanding of the issues, their passion for peace and equality, their desire to live in a better world, all these things shine through not only in their words, but in their actions and involvement with their various clubs. I'd like to thank the University of Laverne for having me, and again, for continuing to promote peace in the world. If you'd like to keep up to date on other events put on by Laverne's Religious and Spiritual Life Department, visit sites.laverne.edu slash chaplain. Again, that's sites.laverne.edu slash chaplain. My name is Kevin Schatz. Thank you for listening, and thank you to those who contributed to this podcast. Dunker Punks for life. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. What they have done on that campus in celebrating different ways of peacemaking and being open rather than separated by their different faith traditions is an incredible step to creating bonds of peace. That's the challenge for all of us. For you to start in your home and me to start in mine, 
and move beyond it to see where we can make peace. People who are really out there doing something made me think about how I could do something. How could I achieve peace in my world? Is peace something that we encounter daily? Usually we encounter the need for peace, that's for sure. And yet, after listening to all those people, I felt a lot of hope, too, just like Kevin. So what can I do in my world today that would create bonds of peace between opposing people, whether they have a different faith than mine or they're just two people living near me who disagree? There's a lot of talk in our world about refugees, but what can I do? It's certainly a question for our time, for your neighborhood and mine. Maybe we can't very well hold out a literal hand to people fleeing violence and who are a world apart, but that doesn't mean we can't make peace. Many dunker punks are sharing messages of hope on social media and their desire to be a welcoming community. Others are dialing our elected leaders to call on our community to provide safe harbor for victims of war. And you can start a conversation about what's on your heart with your family and friends. And in that one way, the way of Jesus, we will all make peace. Maybe you know someone who's afraid of violence spreading, someone with whom you can seek the greater power of love. So go for it, Dunker Punks. Go see where you can make peace. And thanks for being part of our very first episode. You can find calls to action and share your thoughts on our Facebook page, Dunker Punks Pod. Get episode reminders on Snapchat. Our username is Dunker Punks Pod. The show page is arlingtoncobb.org slash DPP. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes. The Dunker Punks podcast is a collaboration amongst a dozen or so contributors sharing encouragement for your faith journey. I produce the show along with Suzanne Lay, who is also our audio editor. Jacob Krauss made all of our amazing music. And a big thanks to you, Kevin Schatz, for being today's contributor. Our next episode will come out on December 26th with Sarah Ullum-Minnick. She's going to talk about the church. How good are we really at including people in the church? Or do we have to let go of some tradition to open up the way we welcome people? And you can count on hearing Kevin again next September when International Day of Prayer for Peace rolls around on September 21st. He'll be talking with folks about how experiences on the Youth Peace Travel Team made a difference in their lives. Like that old hymn, Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. May God bless you so that peace will fill you. Let peace begin with you, Dunker Punks. Until next time. Countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving, organic gardener.